0: 23 chapters, 275 page book. It's called "Winning in Reverse." In reverse, winning in reverse, defying the odds and achieving dreams. Bill Lester joining us here in the Freak Nation. Bill, finally, we—you've got a reason to come back in the Freak Nation.
1: <laughs> Better late than never, right? <laughs> yeah. For some reason, I
0: decided to write
1: a motivational memoir, which I'm very proud of. Um, you know i just don't know what got into me i didn't think it was going to be you know a three year work in progress but Whoa. that's what it was and on tuesday it releases officially to the public i'm jazzed
0: all right of course you want to get into this book it's uh it's a it's a unique perspective of a black man working his way through sports cars into nascar we'll get into that but quickly uh, the daytona 24 hour wrapped up today i know you can still drive a damn race car uh, do you have any desire to get back in a sports car and and run an endure, endurance race like you have in the past or sports car races like the Daytona 24?
1: I would not be opposed. I mean, I'm telling you, I feel beat right now because I watched darn near the whole thing. I don't know what my problem is, but uh, I you know, I just am a fan of the sport. I enjoyed watching it. It was exciting. And uh, yeah, you know, it took me back to, you know, my having driven 10 Rolex 24s in my career. So Everything I saw through the night and during the day and the competition, it just kind of just brought me back to the fact that uh, I know what it takes. And pretty much, you know, I've kept myself in shape. And, you know, I could probably go back out there and do it. But, you know, nobody's ringing my phone off the hook. So I haven't gotten back there yet. Bill
2: Lester, it's great great to hear your voice, partner. We haven't talked in a while. We've texted back and forth. But let me ask one more question about you watching this race. Do, we just talked about A.J. Allmendinger and how he's grown as an analyst. You think you could analyze? I know conversations you and I have had at the racetrack, uh, before the race, after the race. You know what's going on. You have the experience to convey that to an audience.
1: You know, it's interesting, man, because um, I did a stint for a very short period of time on NASCAR America, on NBC Sports, and I found out kind of quickly that I could do it, but I just didn't have the passion for it. And everything that I do that I've not done in my life is pretty much based on passion and desire. And I realized that I just felt that I was doing myself a disservice and the audience a disservice because I just wasn't into it. You know, I think I can convey thoughts and ideas and observations very well. But, you know, when you just don't have your heart and soul into it, I feel like you're just being kind of disingenuous. So I realized that um, while I could do it, it wasn't something I really wanted to do. So, yeah, I could, but I'm not.
2: So what were the passions in this book, Winning in Reverse, Defying the Odds and Achieving Dreams?
1: You know, it people kind of, some some people have gotten it twisted thinking it was an autobiography and it couldn't be, you know, any further from the truth. It's really again a motivational memoir with a racing backdrop. You know, I just wanted to convey basically eight keys, eight, you know, traits to my success of being able to live my dream that I believe anybody could take and apply to their life and allow them to be successful by whatever measure they choose to define success. For me, I define success as happiness when you know I was working in the high-tech sector and making great income and being responsible for the lives of you know many software development engineers and you know project teams and what have you. I just wasn't happy. so I didn't feel I was successful. I wanted to race cars and when I finally got to do that because I gave my all to of my wife's blessing and support, I felt that I was successful. you know I mean, I wasn't the most successful race car driver, but I was successful because I lived my dream from something that I was I felt I was kind of born to do from a young age, but just wasn't born into the sport with the right amount of financial backing or the right, you know, last name or pedigree. But I still got there. And, you know, I got there as a full time race car driver at 40 years of age, which most people probably would have thought was insane. And became a NASCAR Cup Series rookie at 45. I mean, how crazy is that? You know, (laughs) I say that, but then again, look at Jimmy Johnson, right? He's going to be an IndyCar rookie at 45, so, right. you know, I think I broke the mold, but maybe Jimmy Johnson's going to basically rebuild the mold, but, uh, <laughs> you know, what I did was fairly unique, and you know, I'm one of four black drivers to race at the top level of NASCAR in the last 60 years, you know, Wendell Scott, Willie T. Riz, myself, and now Bubba, Bubba uh, Wallace is doing it, so, you know, I had a fairly unique, uh, you know, walk of life, and um, I was successful because I was happy doing what I did, and Again, some of these things I learned along the way, I believe anybody can apply to their life and be more successful in what it is they choose to do.
2: So can Darrell Wallace apply some of the things in this book to what he's doing? And he says he wants to win two races this year. Can he learn that from reading your book?
1: You know, that's going to be a great question. Um, I don't believe he's had, he has read it, but what I am excited about is that uh, He provided a blow for my memoir. He, you know, actually took the time to uh, write a few words about uh, how important he thought my memoir was in terms of just how difficult it is to have done what I've done. Because he knows, because, you know, now he's basically the next generation. He he knows what it's, uh, how hard it was and what it takes. Um, But yeah, I'm absolutely sure that he could take some of those principles that I learned and apply it to what he's doing. But, uh, I, you know, I'm excited about the platform that he has in terms of what he's done to move the needle on a social level as well as what I believe he's going to be able to do on a professional level behind the wheel. You know, I don't think it's going to happen overnight. He's with a brand-new team with Jordan and Hamlin. It's going to take a minute to create some chemistry. But, yeah, he set the bar fairly high. You know, he expects to win two races this year. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's biting off a big, you know, part of the apple. I hope he's able to chew it.
3: Wow. Bill Lester joining us here, Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Get his memoir. It's out at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, winning in reverse, defying the odds and achieving dreams. And like he said, it's a motivational memoir. It's, it's definitely got to be on your reading list for 2021. In talking about Bubba Wallace and let's just go with NASCAR in 2020, it was a It was a weird year for so many people outside of sports, but 2020 for NASCAR was a massive wake-up call, not just because of the Black Lives Matter movement and because of everything that went on around Bubba Wallace, but the series in general. Do you think they made the proper decisions to move the, the, the sport forward, but for the right reasons, not just because sponsors were telling them they had to do so? Do you think the right people are in charge finally?
1: You know, I'm hopeful that that's the case. You know, when um, Steve Phelps made the announcement that he did, um, you know, right around April or whatever when, you know, the COVID situation hit the Atlanta Motor Speedway, and that was the first race to not be, you know, um, well, the first event not to be raced, um, I actually got um, on my computer and wrote him an email talking about just how, you know, moved I was that NASCAR took the stance that they did. I did not believe that I would see something like that from NASCAR, and so I commended them on their actions. I thought that was a huge step. I haven't seen a whole lot since then, but I'm hoping that you know the powers that be there will continue to uh, you know move in the right direction. But uh, you know, I, I think that the fact that they banned the flag and that they you know are embracing the fact that they want the sport to be more inclusive—they said it before. But it seemed to me like with what they, you know, the profound statement they made, that they were serious about it this time. So I'm cautiously optimistic that we're going to see some significant change. And, um, you know, the fact that they agreed to allow, you know, Richard Petty Motorsports to run the scheme with the Black Lives Matter Mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, Bubba did, Um, you know, I guess back when was it um, Talladega was a big step. And, uh, you know, there's more to it than just that. But for NASCAR to continue to grow, they have to be inclusive. They have to reach out to everybody. So they realize that. And so, you know, even though they're having a little bit of difficulty maybe with their core base, they realize that their core base is, for the most part, completely just tapped out. And so they have to basically embrace a broader cross-section of the public, of, of, you know, basically the, the cross section of our country. So we'll see, you know, I'm, I, I'm hopeful, you know, I've told Steve that, you know, if I can be of any help to NASCAR and their initiatives, I'm there for them. So I'm waiting to see what's going to happen. I know that for the black history month coming up here, right. You know, <laughs> a day from now, <laughs> starting tomorrow, um, I'm part of uh, what's going to be part of their fireside chat event um, towards the end of February so I'm looking forward to, you know, sharing some of my thoughts and insight, and maybe wisdom and knowledge, if you want to go that far, with regard to, you know, their employees and their stakeholders. So I'm, you know, excited about what uh, I'm going to share with them. So I, I think they're embracing change.
3: I have a feeling, and it's just my personal opinion, I have a feeling 2021 is going to be another challenging year for a lot of people for a lot of reasons, whether it's politically or social unrest again or something. How would you advise NASCAR to move forward through whatever else may come in in the coming years?
1: You know, they have to be strong and solid in their conviction. You know, they, they can't wallow. They've already put a stake in the ground. Mm-hmm. They've indicated that they believe in equality and an environment that's going to be um, inviting to everybody. So now they've got to put their money where their mouth is. They made the statement. They've got to come correct. You know, again, I don't know exactly what their plans are, but if they're going to be serious about it, then they have to, you know, reach out there and, you know, get into the communities and express, you know, the fact that they want everybody to take advantage and take part in the sport that they are, you know, um, a part of that, that they are, um, the core of. So we'll see, you know, again, I'm not privy to what their plans are, but, you know, I've indicated that they have my support. Um, and we'll see what they decide to come up with. You know, I'm just as excited to find out what they got up their sleeves as you are.
3: Awesome.
0: Bill Lester, the name of the book coming out on the second, right? February 2nd. Yep. It's called Winning in Reverse, Defying the Odds and Achieving Dreams. It's a great read. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got excerpts that I was able to research. But one of the excerpts, if it's in the book or not, I don't know. But I go back to when we first met you, Bill, when you were running the NASCAR Truck Series, and you're running for Bobby Hamilton. The antithesis of Bill Lester is Bobby Hamilton. It just, Bobby Hamilton was just a legendary name in all of NASCAR, but he's as hillbilly as they come, but still, he and his son were awfully nice to us. Do you reveal anything about that relationship in this book?
1: Yeah, you know, Bobby was very supportive of my ability to be a better short track racer. And, you know, I give him credit for that, because coming from a sports car road racing background, you know, we beat everybody into the corner. But in NASCAR, you beat everybody off the corner. So, you know, he would tell me, look, Bill, you know, (laughs) this isn't any like sexy sports car. This is a 3,500 pound stock car, and you got to just, you know, ease up off it going into the corner and get back to the power fast instead of driving it all the way into the corner till you see God and then hoping the thing's going to turn and come off the corner because it doesn't, right? (laughs) But um, by the same token, you know, he was, like you said, a good old boy. And, a lot of people here, yeah, I've worked for you know, were fairly basic with regards to the, you know, their educational backgrounds and what it is that they did in terms of, you know, how they lived their life compared to what I was exposed to. You know, here I am growing up in Northern California, got a four-year technical degree and 15 years in the high-tech sector. So I come from a completely different culture. So, you know, for me to come to the Southeast and get involved in NASCAR was a cultural awakening for both Bobby Hamilton Racing and myself. And... You know, there were some things that happened at the very end of the uh, relationship that um, I get into in the memoir, which um, really hurt me. I, you know, they were really disappointing. You know, at the end of the day, it seemed like, um, you know, the obviously the program ran its course. And, you know, from what I was told in terms of how uh, the relationship ended, it seemed like they were glad that I was, you know, out of their hair. So, um, you know, oh, hey. Geez. It is what it is, and uh, I moved on. I was able to go to the Toyota program with Bill Davis Racing and enjoyed success there. But, you know, it, it was a living and learning experience. It wasn't like sports car road racing. You know, the wine and cheese crowd is very different than the beer and pretzels crowd. And <laughs> one thing that I'll always remember, you know, is when I first got an experience an exposure to NASCAR, when I went to Talladega Super Speedway in 1990 to meet a potential sponsor, and I went from the parking lot Walking up to the grandstand, and I remember all the conversation stopped, all the fingers pointed because they saw me walking up to the grandstands, heading up to the suites, and they just couldn't believe why I was there. You know I just oh. felt that even though it was 95 degrees outside with about 100 percent humidity, it must have felt like 130 degrees. so I felt myself sweating because I saw all eyes were on me, and I was like, "Wow, you know so. That was a precursor to, you know, a lot of what I experienced. But at the end of the day, I was there to do a job. I wanted to be a professional race car driver, and, and I wanted to be at the top level of the sport, which was NASCAR. And at the end of the day, I got to the Cup Series level. So nobody can take anything away from me, you know, in terms of that. I was able to live my dream, and I was over to, over, over, to, over <laughs> let me try it again. Mm-hmm. I was able to overcome a lot of obstacles, and, um, you know, so – I took advantage of all the opportunities that were presented. So um, I'm happy that I was able to do what I was able to do. And I'm hopeful that uh, my story and my uniqueness in the story will be, you know, a footnote in the future.
0: This is awesome, Bill. Wow. We, we need to uh, work you back into the show, regardless if you're writing books or not. Maybe just observations, man. We need to do a
3: big Zoom call with him yeah. so when we have more time.
0: <laughs> we got to go to break here, buddy. But, man, it, uh, Freak Nation is coming out on the 2nd. It's called Winning in Reverse, Defying the Odds and Achieving Dreams. Be sure to follow us on Speed Freaks on Twitter. We'll also share with you where you can get it. Bill, thanks for doing this, bud.
1: My appreciation. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely.
0: awesome. Wow. Bill Lester here in the Freak Nation. Looking forward to reading that book. I got a whole slew of books for Christmas. and Yeah, you got some reading to catch up on. I do. Yeah. They're all music. Imagine that. No,
3: you got a few motorsports ones to catch up on as oh, that's well. That's right.